Hey, what's going on, everybody? So as you can see by the title, this is the third episode of Base Nation TV. And the next guest that I have, I'm not really sure if I should introduce him because he really doesn't need introduction. So I'm not gonna make you guys wait any longer. Sheree, say what's up, man. My name is Sheree Reed. Um, from Chicago, Illinois. So just a little bit about you how you got started playing, how you became so funky. Uh, let's see, man. I started playing at 10 years old. I, you know, I'll take you all the way back there, but I'll, I'll, I'll jump through quickly. <laughs> I started playing upright at 10, um, and then I moved to, like, electric shortly after. Mm -hmm. My dad was a tabletop drummer, so, you know, we used wow. to, like, you know, kick beats on the floor, the wood right, floor. Right, <laughs> You know, um, I went to... Um, you know, in high school, I studied theory, music theory, and all that stuff. Um, and uh, I got a chance to play with the uh, Grammy All-American High School Jazz Band. That's kind of how I got launched um, into uh, college. I got a college scholarship at DePaul University in Chicago. Yep, got my undergrad there. Studied with Larry Gray, upright uh, teacher, uh, phenomenal cello player as well. Um, I got a call to play with Aretha Franklin while I was in high school, while I was in college, but um, I turned it down so I could finish my degree. Glad wow. I did. I ended up playing with her later. Right. So yeah, it came back. It came, it came back. back. That's cool. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Um, and I got my first break. Um, um, I was actually uh, going to stop. I was playing. Um, I was playing uh, weddings and stuff. <laughs> For, for a while since I was 17 and then I got kind of tired of that so around like 97 98 um, I was making a decision of, you know to kind of you know just do music as like a side thing and uh, and I got a call uh, to play for Yolanda Adams on her songs from the heart record I did some upright on that wow now how how old were you when when this was happening let's see this would have been I would have been like 20, like 23, 22, 23. Wow. wow. Yeah. So got got that call. And then from there, I started working with Percy Beatty. And I did a whole bunch of uh, recordings with him. I played in this group called Youth, Edish, Youth Edition. Um, and then uh, that led me to New Direction. I did some stuff with them. And then that kind of led me uh, into doing, you know, stuff with everybody in gospel. Um, right. Donnie McClurkin, I was doing stuff with Kirk Franklin. I did the Hopeville tours. I did, um, uh, I did uh, CC Wine's Throne Room wow. uh, DVD tour. Uh, I did um, some stuff with uh, uh, Dorinda Clark. I did her Atlanta DVD. Oh yeah. I did, um, some stuff with Marette Brown Clark, yep. you know, just sprinklings throughout there. I did, you know, play with, you know, pretty much everybody in gospel music. Now, let me bring you back to what you said mm -hmm. before. You said you started around 10. You started on Upright. Now, yeah. that's, pretty, that's pretty different. That's I haven't really heard that kind of a story of starting on Upright. Uh, so what <laughs> kind of made you start at that early on a huge <laughs> Upright bass? Well, see, that's that's what they did back in the day. Like you didn't. You didn't start on electric. Electric mm. bass wasn't like that was the thing that you did after. You yeah. know, it's like they started you like back in the day. You learned uh, upright, and you learned jazz and classical. That was like that was it was called legit. Mm. Both of those things were called legit. So we um, 
so I started on Upright, and uh, you know, I, I did that all through uh, grade school, high school, college, even to this day. And um, but the the cool thing about it was that when I finally came to start playing gospel, I've been so used to playing that high action on the upright yeah. that you know we started playing. You know, they were playing shout music. And I just remember, like, they were doing, like, hyper speeds, and I could play forever yeah. because I was my hands were so strong. You, from, you already you know, had the training. Playing, yeah, I was playing rhythm changes, yeah. like, at the same tempo, yeah. you know? So it's like, when I got to gospel, it was just like, it was an easy transition that's for good. me. Like, I do this already. Exactly. That's that's how I, I, <laughs> I played a little bit. And I didn't start like that. I started off on electric, and I really didn't even want to play in the beginning. But my, my dad kind of made me, okay, kind of pushed me towards it. But even even then, I had a bass sitting around the house, and I was like, oh, I you had sat around person. sat around collecting dust, man. I was like, I, I didn't want to. I was young. I was like maybe nine, ten years old. So a couple of years yeah. later, picked it up and never put it back down. I found a love for it. You know, uh, started playing then, and then in high school, you know, I kind of uh, experimented with upright bass, and I, you know, I kind of my experience with that is like that really trained my hand, especially mm-hmm. my especially my left. You know, because because the action is so high on an upright bass, when I came back to electric, it's like, okay, this is actually helping me out. But I still love to play upright bass. I mean, the sound, you can't get anything like that. And I remember of uh, something that Jocko said, you know, he got his practice just from constantly playing. Yeah. Every single night, touring, touring, constantly playing. Like, how do you build up your strength? Like, he just... I, he didn't have a, a good right. answer. He just said, I just played. <laughs> you seven know nights I mean? a week. Seven nights a week. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So doing that and having that uh, having that type of experience that young. And, and on top of that, having Aretha Franklin, uh, that gig, <laughs> and then you turning it down, like that could have, that had to be brutal. Yeah. Let me be honest. My parents turned down that gig. I did not turn down that gig. I was like, okay, I want to that, I want to play. That so makes more sense. Like, 17, wait, and I was like 18 years old. I'm like, man, I could be playing with the queen of soul. Queen you know, of like soul, now. man. So I was like, nah, I'm going to do that. But then, you know, my, my dad, he's like, look, son. He's like, you'll, you'll have your 18. Plenty of It'll opportunities. You'll have plenty of opportunities. Yeah, I hear you. you know? And so get your degree, get yeah. your paper, you know, and, uh, <laughs> you know, and then, you know, and it's, it's funny, it, it came back. I mean, it came back like 20 something years later, but, wow. you know, it was still, it was still amazing to just see, you know, just, you know, to just heed that advice at a young age, despite everything that was in me, that was like, no, you know, but to just listen to somebody that knew a little bit more than I did oh, and course. then to just see the fruit of that later, like, Wow, I got both. Exactly. You know? What would you say um, helped you the most as far as your practicing, um, as far as your practice regimen, uh, what you did to stay or to keep your skill up until 20 years later? You know what I mean? Like, what did you do? One, one thing for me is I just tried to play as much as I could. Like, I, um, I didn't really want to turn down anything, you yeah. know, because I knew the type of player that I wanted to become. And I knew that I would have to play everything to be that player. Right. So I would take, you know, free gigs, $25 gigs, yeah. <laughs> food, food, chicken dinner gigs. That was a hustle, man. That was a hustle back in the day. I, it didn't matter. You know, right. I was just, I was just trying to play. And, um, and then at the same time, you know, just, just, just trying to, um, trying to take, everything that I was doing 
and make what I was doing a better version of what I was doing. Mm, so, you know, it's like I started, you know, we all start out, you know, we have our heroes and the people that we try to emulate. And um, and I did that. You know, I grew up listening to Jocko and Marcus and, um, you know, uh, Jamerson later on, but Steve Huff out of Chicago and, you know, all these great players. But I always wanted to, like, take this. This is what they taught us early on, you know, back in the day. Like they said, don't try to imitate somebody, but take what they take, what you can get from them and take it, make it your own and turn it to something else. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Because that's what they did. Yeah. You know, they I learned from their mentors and they turned it into their thing. And so exactly. that's what I tried to do was just try to like make a better version of what I was doing. So, you know, I would just be practicing and just trying to develop myself to be a better me. Yeah. I tell people that all the time. Like uh, if I play a lick or I play a line or something like that, I'll get messages like, I want to I want to play like you. I want to play just like you. I was like, mm-hmm. you won't ever play just like me. You can try, right. you know, but mm-hmm. everybody has their own voice. And, and we were talking before I was saying, that's why I, I emphasize the fact of, you know, being yourself because nobody can sound like you, no matter how much you try to imitate somebody else. I mean, and I've heard a couple of guys that literally play every single lick <laughs> that yeah. I would play or every single baseline that I would play, but you still won't have that same exact sound. So, right. you know, take from the people that you're inspired by, like you just said, take take from, you know, piece by piece and, you know, start to add your own style and your favorite and put your own style in there as well. Uh, that's the mo- that's more important, man, to just develop your own voice. Uh, and that's what make that's what will make you uh, unique uh, instead of just trying to sound just like somebody. It, it's so funny because one of the the videos and one of the performances that everybody knows you from has like millions of views on YouTube. And that is from like one of the like one of the concerts, I guess, in Chicago at, at a church and you're playing the red fender. Mm-hmm. You're, just, you're just going, you know, <laughs> you're just getting it in, man. I mean, that is like the most infamous uh, video that most people refer to when they talk about Sheree Reed. It's like the most shared. Now, can you explain like what was going through your mind at that point? I know you know exactly what video I'm talking about, but it's just some crazy, funky, Jamerson on steroids type of <laughs> movements that she was doing. And it was just, it was crazy. I mean, the crowd was going wild after everything you did. I mean, it was just flawless, executed, beautiful. Uh, yeah, what was going on in your mind at that time? Was that just like a regular thing that you would always do? No, nah, man, that was like the that was the second year that we had done that. We had did one earlier, and mm-hmm. I had a different bass. It was a um, it was a Sunburst mm-hmm. uh, Fender, and um, we did that, and you know that uh, that led to the you know me me, me doing the the one that I think it was two years later or something like 2006 around that time yeah but um yeah man it was like that was was what's ironic is that song and that video is like one of the only videos from that night you know? and <laughs> that's crazy what people don't realize is that that whole night was lit like 